0: Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare, and I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, and over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic-gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm joined today by Dr. Sean Drake. My man, Drake, how are you, buddy? I'm good, brother. I actually made it on your podcast. Yes, for those listening, I have scheduled, rescheduled, and re-rescheduled Sean multiple times because... As you will hear in this video or this uh, the audio interview, he's a real big deal. Oh my gosh. If, if you're listening to this,
1: you know that this is, I don't even know how I made it on this podcast. The only, only the biggest of the biggest make it on this podcast.
0: Yep. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's great to have you because I know that for those listening, Sean has seen uh, almost every great part of the sports side of chiropractic that can be seen from treating at what the uh, you know, do games and the, the Nitro Circus, all the way to uh, teaching some other young kairos how, uh, how to get in the world of sports, all the way to high-end evaluations and performance training. So, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Cool. Me too, brother. All right. So, Sean, let's give ready a little backstory of how you went from a uh, broke, dumb dick down in Florida to the, the incredible man you are now. Wow, <laughs> that was harsh. Um, but uh, I I, I want them to get the gravity of the transition that you've made. You know, you've literally pulled yourself out of the swamp, and here you are.
1: <laughs> now you're knocking on my hometown in Florida. Love it. Thanks. Um, yeah. So as you guys can tell, um, you know, Josh and I have a very good brotherly love going on, and you know, it's been awesome because you don't get to where you're at in life without a good tribe. That's that's the biggest thing, and. You know, I, I've been blessed my whole life. You know, I went to Florida State um, where I walked on the track and field team. I was involved heavily in, the, in college there and unfortunately had two major, you know, car accidents in four years, which kind of prevented me from doing, you know, some of the things that I really wanted to do. And, you know, because of all that, I uh, ended up finding chiropractic and, you know, I was developed with ulcerative colitis. I had, you know, all these other issues, frozen shoulder Um, and so within two years of my accident, you know, that I was at, what was I? 22. I was on Azacol, Prenezon, Zoloft, Xanax, um, you know, oxycodone. And it was a, it was a very interesting place to be in life and not knowing, okay, well, now you can't go fly for you know the air force and you can't do this and you can't do that. It was like, well, what can I do with my life? And, you know, ultimately got into, you know, involved in politics. And that's when I met a chiropractor and, you know they changed my life, and and it was it was literally within like three and a half weeks when I was told I'd never run again and I'd never you know be able to actually enjoy having a life that my body started coming back to life and I'm like all right that's what I want to do and and my family was against it you know friends of mine were like what are you doing you're crazy you know mm-hmm. you've got you can go you're getting ready to go to law school you've got all these like future you know plans ahead of you and you're going to go to chiropractic college and looking back on it I can see you know why it was such a weird situation for, you know, somebody who had never really thought about going medical um, and picking chiropractic. But what I can tell you is in the time that I spent at Life University, um, just seeing the miracles that happened because of our awesome profession, uh, and then going into the sports master's program, that's where it kind of changed for me. And, you know, because of that, it opened up doors that no other opportunity would have, you know, it probably, it might have come with a lot of hard work. Um, But because of being at Life University when I was and being involved in their master's program and the connections and networking, that's really kind of what set the path apart from, you know, where I would have been.
0: Yeah, I think you, you, uh, I I remember the day I decided to be a chiropractor too, was uh, my, I don't, many folks don't know this, my father died of brain cancer. And um, when he was getting treated, like they throw every medication they can at you and you know, all the doctors are trying to be helpful. They're just offering what they can. And he had tons of pain everywhere. And I was just impressed that his Cairo kind of like thin slice of like, Oh, so your shoulder hurts and your low back and your knee, let's, let's just treat those individually instead of taking this global approach of just narking you out and everything. And my dad said, you know, like, I I know I'm not going to be around in a year, so I don't want to be foggy. And so the drug, you know, these painkillers just make me foggy. And, uh, so he's like, I'd rather go to the So we were going there two or three days a week and I was just impressed the guy got him out of pain even if it lasted twenty four forty eight sometimes it' last for weeks you know yeah and, uh, I just appreciated that and i I think transitioning that aspect into sports the most exciting thing about what we do in sports is you can change stuff right now in front of you with the tools you got I mean you know you're right now operating out of one of the most technologically advanced uh, centers for sports in the world, but your treatment is basically a table and your hands and your brain. Right. And, and that's, that's enough for 99% of the problems you run into. Sure. There are like some supportive mechanisms, but the, the best of it is just like, it's all you need is a table, your hands, your brain, and you know, a little bit of exercise equipment. You can do amazing things.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing right there is that most chiros when they get out of school and if you're listening, um, please take this advice to heart is you don't need a lot um, you know, and if, if, if you're graduating from a school that you feel didn't give you the right education, I mean, and I'm not saying this because we're involved with these groups, but I am saying this because I know it works, right? Like I think the FMS and SFMA, if I was, if I'm a practicing chiropractor and I don't at least know what those are, I think you're missing something. I really do. Um, and I don't care if you're a Thompson technique or you got CBP or
0: a I this think it magnifies helps. the effect of those things. You yeah. Know? It
1: helps you out that much more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from there, I think, you know, really knowing what drives you as a, as a practicing doctor. I, I think that's the biggest thing that people get confused on is that they go into practice based on an expectation of what they were told in clinic or by their business professor at their college. And, you know, most people that go into chiropractic, they had a personal experience with chiropractic. What we're seeing now is that a lot of people are coming to chiropractic. They've never even been adjusted. Mm -hmm. And so you've got these two different areas of life and, you know, um, universes, of people that are like, well, I got into chiropractic because I couldn't go to medical school and I didn't get into DO school. And I'm like, okay, great. But now what do you want to do with that? Like, I don't think a lot of chiropractors know the scope of practice that they really have if they want to use it. Mm -hmm. And it all comes down to what your brain is and what you can do with your hands.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jimmy Ewan, who's one of the, the smartest guys I know, uh, is an amazing chiropractor on Phoenix. And, and he's one time said to me, you know, no matter what school you go to, their job is to get you a license. And it's like getting a license to drive, yeah. but having a driver's license doesn't mean you're a good driver. It just means you have the, you know, base level of knowledge. But if you want to get really good, you go to like a professional driving school and then you become a good driver. I think that's very similar to what the FMS, SFMA, on base TP, all these skill sets of evaluation help you become, it's the driving school, you know, it's, it's making yeah. you better, even though everybody around you has the same license as you much like drivers do, but that doesn't matter. That's not what you're going after it's not a different license. So, and I think those things are so powerful that, you know, one of the downsides of them is that they can, they're, they're so, inc- they're such incredible tools that they can take someone with no license, no experience, no knowledge, and make them look like a pretty damn good poser. <laughs> yeah, you know which can be dangerous in its own in its own way. But let's dive more into uh, the the Cairo side because you've done you know like the the uh, sports chiropractic on the side of uh, sideline and and providing care at like the X Games and and uh, extreme sports and what USA Sevens rugby. What else have you, what other events have you worked? Cause you, you've been around, man.
1: Yeah, no, I've been blessed. Um, there's not a sport that I haven't worked with. Uh, I think, you know, when we look at the main ones, but when we really look at it, you know, I, I've lived on both sides. So obviously like that emergency medicine, you know, response side, um, is pushed heavily in our chiropractic sports world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I think that's a skill set that is there that, you know, if you want to do that, yeah, great. That's an opportunity. Um, but the more and more that I got involved, I realized like our athletic trainers are so well trained for that, Mm -hmm. that like, they're damn good at that. Like, let them be good at that. Right. And sometimes I feel like, you know, um, we, we tend to want to be the team doc or we tend to want to go, you know, to the Olympics or we want to go work for a professional team. And I was guilty of this. So I can say all of it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I need to get that another certification because that's going to make me a better doctor. And that's going to open up another door and that's going to open up another opportunity. And, you know, one of the greatest things, lessons that I've learned from one of my mentors, Dr. Rose is, you know, why not just focus on your community? You know, every time that I stepped away for an event, like I lost money in my practice, let's just put it into perspective financially. Right. And, you know, that's where my, he really switched my brain from that, um, trying to be reactive sports chiropractic into this performance based chiropractic. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and not only that, but being sports specific, because a lot of the stuff that I've done that all over the world, like I had no clue about that sport when I originally got into it. And so whether, you know, especially when I got in, I did a little bit, I did BMX, which that's why I got attracted to extreme sports. But, you know, when you start working with a sport and you don't understand the like mechanisms of movement, the reaction forces, like what causes injury, what prevents injury, how,
0: how the team aspect really even works. Or, I mean, I know you're working in baseball, like what's normal, acceptable range of motion in, in baseball pitchers is so out of lines. If you don't, the first time you see it, if you don't know what you're expecting or that that's totally normal, you might freak out and say, oh, this person, you know, needs a surgical referral right now. It's like. Yeah. No, they're actually the best pitcher in the world because of that.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that comes down to owning your craft. You know, if you really want to be a good sports chiropractor, great, but you don't have like, what blows me away is, as I always hear it's like, man, I gotta be really good at finding the meniscal tear. I've got to be really good at like, you know, doing this. And, and I hope to gosh, if you're working with athletes or you're working with the general population that you have that mm-hmm. skill set to do that. Now, the other thing that I hope is that you have an assessment tool to check for like actual neurological, mechanical, and chemical performance in the athlete. Uh Like that's really as a sports chiropractor that you should be able to do. You should have an assessment tool that you can assess an athlete and say, okay, are they functional? Are they neurologically functional? And if they're not, is it chemically affecting them? Is the chemical affecting them? Maybe like a, it could be inflammation. It could be some type of like, um, disease. It could be uh, some type of toxin, or is it mechanical? And then if it's mechanical, can you tell the difference between joint and tissue? And then if not, is it neurological? Is it brain? Is it really pathology? Is it some type of other situation? And so we can't come at the world from one focus. So if you're evidence-based and you're pain-based, well, if that's all you're focusing on is the pain, you're not looking at function and you're not looking at like what, mm-hmm. what's their blueprint of where they're at in their DNA, then you're leaving things on the table. But the other part of it, too, is being humble enough to say, you know what? I'm willing to refer this patient because I've got them as far as I can get them to go. That's, that what, that's what I really think makes a great sports chiropractor versus uh, an okay chiropractor that's doing sports. is somebody who knows where their limits are and has a team around them.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I was surprised at to learn when I was a young chiro my first year is, when you look at other industries, physical therapy and, and orthopedic sports medicine, and they refer, shoot, probably 40 to 50% of their patients, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And the chiropractors, I think don't, don't refer that often. I was shocked to learn how often people refer as they get better, not because they're not good enough, you know? And and here I was holding onto things. I really should have referred out quite a bit, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to volunteer too much information there because you know, the, the statute of limitations may still be out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think it's,
1: but when you can admit that you're learning and that you've mm-hmm. grown, like don't get me wrong. There's plenty of stuff that I've done in my career that I'm like, crap, like I totally missed that. Or, oh, yeah, you know what? Like there's that athlete that you look back on. You're like, dude, I could have totally helped them. And I wish I would have known this. And it's just like when patients walk in our office sometimes, and I hear them say this to chiropractors all over the world. Why has no one told me this information? And I'm like, because they didn't know, it's not their fault. But now you know, and now you have a choice. Either you ignore it or you go fix it, or you work with it, right? Yep. Same thing as a practitioner. I, I'm hoping that people are stepping out of their comfort zone and being like, like the biggest thing that blows me away, and, I, and Josh, you see this too, is I get chiropractors that are like, I only do my online chiropractic education or I go to my school's homecoming. That's all I do for continuing to knock my IRs out. And I'm like,
0: Boring.
1: I mean, I'm like <laughs> Have you ever gone outside of chiropractic for continuing education? Yeah. Have you ever gone like to a coaching conference to learn what, how coaches coach? Mm-hmm. If you, if you love a, like say you love a sport, let's pick a sport.
0: Oh, um, lacrosse. My kids are doing a lot of lacrosse right now.
1: Yeah. So let's just say lacrosse for a second. I don't, I don't know a lot about lacrosse, but I'm learning a lot about lacrosse right now because yeah. I know that's a growing sport in the United States. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, I'm asking lacrosse coaches if I can come to practice and look at the movements, look at the training, look at the drills. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking at injury history. I'm looking at what are the most common injuries and why Mm -hmm. is it movement based? Is it function based? Is it trauma based? Like these are things. And not only that, but then you start to learn the language of what the coaches are speaking. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about getting referrals, start to learn the language of the sport.
0: You know what I mean? I I worked around a bunch of triathletes and my, my business partner was a triathlete and I was shocked by the, the words they use and, you know, T1, what's your T1 time, your T2 time. Uh, you know, what, what distance are you doing sprint only uh, international half iron or just half or a uh, full Ironman or what do they say? Uh, 70.3 or one forty point six? Yeah. Like they just throw around these terms and you know, same in golf. If you don't know what fat or skulling it or, you know, pushed it, or um, I'm trying to think of some other terms I, I hit it too thin over the top. Over the yeah. You just start him using him. they're using that in conversation. If you can't keep up, they smell it on you pretty damn quick. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that's something that you've done so well um, in in not only having like the joint gym practice side of things in the past, um, but having the ability to ask the questions. That's one of the things that I admire about you the most. No matter what we do, and, and whenever we're around people or I see you interact, is you genuinely ask questions and you listen. Sometimes you don't shut up, but you um but you definitely listen and that's a skill set i think a lot of chiropractors need to understand is that we tend to talk more than we do listen like we tend to give our opinion versus hearing and i think that especially in sports that times are changing where the athlete is tired of being told what to do they want to be heard they have their dreams they have their ideas and the only person that should be caring about the athlete is the athlete and if you're if you're you if you're Doctor-focused and not patient-focused, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the the doctors out there in anything from surgery to acupuncture to oh, sports uh, psychology, the ones that can explain to the athlete what's going on or what the markers are or what to look, look for, they are the, you know, they seem to keep people around the longest as patients. You and they're, they're integrated into the teams and they're taken to the Olympics or Pan Americans or whatever high level competition you're going to, because the, there's a shared, there's a mutual respect there. When the athlete knows what to look for, they also understand how great you are. But if yeah. they don't understand what to look for, a lot of times things seem so easy to somebody with a lot of education, like, you know, like yourself, Sean, like you can look at something and go, Oh, I can, you know, that's a guaranteed. That's a, uh, you know, Jimmy, uh, inhibited G meat on the right. yeah, And, and how did you do that? Well, you compared 87 facts against each other, but the, it doesn't look like it's that difficult. And so the athlete thinks, Oh, well, it's not a big deal. And you're like, no, it's a huge deal in your sport. Like if you're a left-handed golfer, that's a massive deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, but their interpretation isn't because some folks don't explain it as well. So I think explaining it's a huge deal, which is one of the reasons I think Greg, Dr. Greg Rose, and we're going to sound like a couple fanboys here, I'm sure. But one of the reasons I, uh, love talking with and hearing that guy speak is he is so great at explaining very complex things in a simple analogy. Typically, you know, the guy's got 7,000 analogies in his pocket and, uh, it's amazing. So I want to dive into, uh, some evaluation instead of having you blow smoke up my butt and I blow it back to you. But, um, so you're currently basic based out of, uh, the Titles performance Institute in Oceanside. You're not, necessarily working for them, but you're based out of there in your operations, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a very unique situation. So I do, I I do work there. I do work with them, but I run our, uh, racket fit non-based university.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about like when you saw that high level transition or sorry, high level evaluation that goes on there Mm -hmm. your first couple of weeks and here you are transitioning out of, um, the, the, kind of sideline feel of things and going into that performance, but it's not just like, can we get you the right training program or can we get you the right yoga program? It's, you know, you're running a lot of in-depth tests before anything is ever done. Yeah. Right? What was well, that think, shift like as you, as you kind of went into that your first few weeks or few months?
1: Um, well, the good news is, is that I had uh, enough time before I got here to really understand what it is that We do in our philosophy and and whether it's TPI on base, you or racket fit. You know, I think it's important to understand before even the assessments what the philosophies are, because a lot of people are like, man, that takes time. And I'm like, but if you understand the philosophy, you'll, you would take the time because you'll get the better result. And so number one, I don't care if, you know, you're swinging a golf club, a racket, um, a baseball bat, throwing a ball, or even living life, there's an infinite number of ways to do all of those things. But there's one efficient way for you to do it. It's based on what you can physically do. So that's number one philosophy. We don't care it's about style. We care about efficiency. Number two is obviously the joint by joint
0: approach. Hold on real quick. I just want to dive into that because I think we say that a lot and people don't understand the gravity if they haven't taken one of these, these courses. What we're saying is if your hip, uh, if your hip can only internally rotate five degrees, which ain't that uncommon, right? Uh, let's say you have a job where you sit for a living. Let's say you have a a guy who's 48 years old and he's working as an attorney and he's pretty successful, but he's sitting on his butt for 10, 12 hours a day between his car ride and his desk and all that. If his hip starts tightening up and he can only turn five degrees, there is no way he's going to produce the same shot that Adam Scott, who might have 40 degrees of internal, excuse me, internal hip rotation uh, has simply because the limits of the body are much, he's going to run into the limits of his body long before he can create whatever swing he wants.
1: Yeah. Well, I think too, it's also, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there um, and doctors and strength coaches that try to tell people to do what they physically can't do because they've never checked. And that's, that's where it leads into the second philosophy is the joint by joint approach. And we don't need to define that on this podcast, but you know, Gray Cook and Mike Boyle, like they came up with a great way to look at the human body, reciprocal inhibition. So go look that up. And then number three is the team approach. Like the reason that we do these tests, and again, I'm, I'm blessed with the time to be able to do a lot of these tests. But normally, if I'm in full-time practice again, I've got a strength coach that's doing power testing. You know what I mean? I've got a coach that's recording the swings and, and doing all the video that I need them to do. I'm doing a basic SF. I'm doing my you know, detailed medical screen in the real world at TPI, you know, we're blessed because, you know, let's say, and I'll give you a typical day. Like we've got, we had team USA in last week for softball and all, and you were there too, Josh. So I appreciate you being there, but just to give you an idea is, you know, we've got every girl goes through a on base, U hitting screen or pitching screen based on what visit, what they're doing or both or both depending. Um, then from there we do video analysis from there, we either do a 3d um, K vest or K motion for the hitters, or we do an AMM, you know, D with the pitchers at the moment from there, say we have a limitation within the on base use screen. Now we've got a, you know, physio, chiro, somebody who can break out SFMA, find out if his joint tissue motor control. And then from there, we've got a strength coach doing the power numbers and power testing. And with all of this data and information, now we can take this and overlap it just like we would do with any type of situation. Um, in the real world, and say, okay, you've got limitations blank. These are structural, these are functional. And now, from a team approach, I can tell the coach, well, you're trying to get this. No wonder that the, the plane of the bat is off.
0: Mm-hmm. No
1: wonder that girl can't stay down. Mm-hmm. No wonder she can't get the velo you want because she can't load into the hip properly. She can't transfer energy. And so, this is a really neat thing as a Cairo, is because if there is a physical limitation, and it's not congenital, or it's not pathological, we really can change stuff fast. You know, we can get in there like a bulldozer, clean up the area, get them moving right, now put them into a corrective exercise program and neurological reprogramming and reset, and all of a sudden, you've got a girl or a guy who's, who could miss out on their pro chance to all of a sudden like be like, holy crap, my life is back, or better.
0: And you, you know, you're talking about working with Team USA, The, the difference, I mean, you're, those, those women are going to go from their tour right now and they're, they're going, they're headed to the Olympics with our fingers crossed. The Olympics are still going to occur on schedule this year. So far, so far they are, but they're going to go ahead to the Olympics and the difference between that gold medal and silver may be less than 1% of change, you know? And so you're really trying to take a diamond and polish it sometimes, which is what we were doing with, uh, with that deep dive into it with Team USA. But as as a practice in Cairo and and most of the clients that come, the private clients, not the super high-end racehorses that sometimes stop by, but the regular clients that stop by, uh, you know, a lot of them have never been evaluated at all. And you're not looking for a 0.025% chance or improvement. You're looking for 20% greater change in one day. And I think going back, that's one of the things that's so exciting about what we can do as chiropractors is create that change today. Yeah. But it comes on the back of evaluations. Well, I think, go ahead.
1: If I can interject, I, I don't tend to think of my average patient or my elite patient as separate patients. You know what I mean? And the reason I say that is that every, I don't care if you're Joe Schmo coming in from the local municipal golf course, or your, um, you know, let's just say, Tom Pernice coming in, like, I'm going to evaluate you the exact same way that I would evaluate anybody else. Because that's the system that I use. And you're a human being. And I want you to perform. And what your limitation may be, may be different. Now, your goals are completely different. But that doesn't change my goal and how I look at you. And it shouldn't. I think that, you know, a lot of times, in practice, we tend to think of a high elite athlete or somebody who's a celebrity as a better patient than somebody who's just walking in my door being like, I need your help. And if you can change that mindset and look at everybody the same and say, and of course, don't get me wrong, like celebrities and, and working with professional athletes is fun because that gives you some credibility sometime. Don't get me wrong. That's definitely really a cool thing. But we forget about how amazing it is about what we do in our own community. And like, I'm telling you right now, if you get results with that guy, who's like, if you and I are playing golf every week and all of a sudden I start kicking your ass, I'm going to ask, what are you doing different? Like if, if my, like if I'm married, which I'm not, but say I am, and my energy comes back after being married for 20 years and I'm actually, and my wife says, what's different about you? Well, I'm just seeing Dr. Josh or Dr. Drake down the road and he's been working with me and all of a sudden like I can move better. Well, then my brain's going to be better. My cerebellum's going to work better. My hormones are probably going to be better. My life's going to be better. And so what's cool about these assessments, whether it's TPI, OnBaseU, RacketFit, SFMA, FMS, is that you have objective testing pre and post that they get to see, that they physically get to see. It's no longer, oh, this is what I feel or this is what I think is happening. You can show somebody if you're improving a deep squat. You can show somebody if they're improving single leg stance. You can show somebody if they are improving external rotation. You can show somebody if they're improving thorax rotation. Like these are the really cool factors because now it's a no bullshit type of thing. It's like, Hey, you're getting better. And if you're not, I need to ask questions about, am I doing the right thing? Or do I need to bring somebody else in?
0: Yeah. I think the point I was trying to touch on is sometimes people think that because the person is not a pro that they don't need all this evaluation. That's true. Man, people, when you share it with them, just the same stuff you share with the pros or even do any sort of evaluation, oftentimes you find a huge elephant sitting there that nobody has ever addressed. And like you're saying, if they don't have any thorax rotation and then you give it to them, their mind's blown. You know, I've, for example, I've had a guy, uh, couldn't, he had back pain, couldn't touch his toes, three visits in no back pain and could touch his toes. He like stands up, gets a huge smile on his face, throws his phone to me and goes, Hey, you got to take a picture of this for my wife. Like Mm -hmm. she's not going to believe this. Yeah, it's like oh my god! Like you forget how much change you can create with our skill set. So it's it's awesome. Uh, I don't want to uh, I don't want to go on too much farther without talking about uh, what you've put together with on base and racket fit and the amazing work you guys are doing there. So uh, for those who don't know, can you kind of bring them up to speed? As well, let's stick to on base real quick because okay. that's the easiest to to think about, and I think more people understand baseball than tennis. But yeah, what, what I mean, is the on base? Uh, what is on base university all about? Well, we
1: can talk about both of them in a very unique way too, because we can, we can counter, um, okay. we, can, we can save time. I think the big thing is that look at it as sports specific assessment and language, okay. whether it's on base, you racket fit. Um, obviously a lot of people know about TPI with golf. Um, but the cool thing about on base you right now is that, you know, we've consulted with 19 of the MLB teams. You know, they've adopted our systems to where their strength coach, their medical, their fitness, and their coaches have all done this. And whether you go through any of these courses, the first thing that you're going to learn is language. You're going to learn the sport. You're going to learn the movement of the sport. Things that we think are physically causing that type of either inhibitor, characteristic, or problem. Um, now we, what we say is that movement screening doesn't tell you what they do. It just explains why they might be doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we look at an on-base hitter, that's for pitching and for softball and baseball. Mm-hmm. Like we really feel that the hitting is a hitting and, you know, we have some of the best advisors in the world. And if you want to go to our website, you can look at that. Um, but then in the pitching, we've got obviously baseball pitching. Now we have fast pitch softball pitching coming out in the fall. And so, you know, as somebody who's taken that education, now you get to learn one, the movement of the sport. You get to learn, okay, are
0: there asymmetries that are important? Are there symmetries that are important? I think these are really big things from chiropractic. That's an interesting thought that I think some people forget that, that some asymmetries are great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I love how Greg explains this. and And it's not the fact of fanboy or anything else. This is a personal mentor who's affected us and helped us get results to get where we're at. So it's, it's always important to know where these, these lessons have come from. Uh-huh. And, you know, he always says when you're looking at, you know, the patient or you're looking at the, um, the sport that as long as you can, you can stay in your lane, you're going to be best off no matter what the coach is always a driver of the car. And I'm sure that you've had the analogy of the car in the past. So I don't want to I don't want to jump on that, but being a medical person that understands language and understands how to get results of sport specific, you will have a closed practice. I promise you, you will not need to market as much as you think you need to market, but you got to get focused and hyper-focused on what your passions are. Like don't go work with a sport if you don't want to work with that sport because you're not going to enjoy it and don't do it just to make money.
0: Well, so talk about that a little bit. Like what, tell us, have you seen anybody, Chase a sport that they really had no desire for or the opposite. Somebody that found in the the one, uh, cause I know you have some friends, you know, across the country that are wildly in love with what they do every single day. And I, I don't think you see that all the time in chiropractic.
1: No, I don't. I think, I think a lot of people tend to do what pays because it pays. They don't do what they do because of what they love. And, you know, I can tell you right now, like there are certain sports that I just don't enjoy. And I'm not gonna put myself around it, even though it can make me a lot of money because I don't, I don't thoroughly enjoy it. And so let's just say golf, for instance, right? Um, I, I love it, but I have friends of mine I, that because I'm involved with TPI, they went and took TPI. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I can start going after golfers, but they do not like golf. They don't play golf themselves. And so that makes them not wanna learn more about golf. And I'm telling you right now, golfers are fanatics. Tennis players are fanatics if you're not up to date on who played in the tennis tournament, I'm telling you right now that that's going to, that's going to be a commun- communication problem with your patient. Cause they're going to be coming in they're gonna be like, dude, did you see Nadal and did you play Federer and Djokovic and did you see this new guy coming up? And you're like, yeah, no, I didn't. I'm, I was out bass fishing this weekend. It's like, yeah. there's a disconnect, right? Yeah. And I think that's where education is so important. Like there are things everywhere. And right now, and like, you know, we're doing this podcast during the quarantine. And so, You know there's a ton of education that you could be doing as a a practicing chiropractor from your computer on what you love and i tell you what if it's not there create it
0: hey are you looking for the best exercise equipment available well i think that you got to check out perform better performbetter.com is a huge supporter of everything that is the clinic gym hybrid you know they are actually one of the biggest supporters of the fms and the sfma program And I can't say enough great things about their three-day summit. So if you're interested in some education every summer, they do their three-day summits in Orlando, Chicago, Providence, and Long Beach. Long Beach is my favorite. That's where I go. But the speakers there will absolutely blow your mind. So check out performbetter.com whether you need bands, mini bands, equipment, flooring, or their 3D design capabilities. I think it's fantastic stuff. So check out performbetter.com. You're saying for your patients, like talk to them all about the... Uh, let's say you're working in tennis going over the, the four best stretches to, uh, for your shoulder for, uh, before your serve or something like that.
1: Yeah. Or, or here's how you can like actually use Tai Chi with tennis inside your house right now. Yeah. Slow it down. Like here's things that you can do practically. Like this is, you know, sports chiropractors all the time. It's always funny because I see posts about, let me tell you how to fix an ankle injury. Let me tell you how to look at, you know, if you got, um, a fracture. Let me let me show you how to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, how about this? Let me let me see if you can even do a deep squat real quick. Let me see show you the difference between a wall squat that we do in tennis versus a deep squat that we may do in baseball. Let me correlate why that's different. Now can you do that? If you can't, it may be your ankle, your hip, it may be something else. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some things while you're quarantined. Like more of us have got to produce content that people can feel when they're at home so that they, they can trust you. So that way, when they come in your practice, that one, you've already got that lead that's a positive Mm -hmm. Number two, they've already seen that you can make a difference without ever even touching them. And now when you do a detailed assessment and you show them how much more you can do, I mean, dude, you got a patient for life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got measurable improvements that they can use and they want to come back to you for more of, oh, that was amazing. I want to, what other tricks do you have up your sleeve? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, with uh, staying in your lane, because I know that that comes up a lot. A lot of folks think, "Oh, I'm, I'm the best in my town at whatever." Uh, whether it's, I got a lot of people who own gyms as well, and so there's this thought that they're also the best trainer in their area. Mm-hmm. And some of them very well may be, especially if you're in a small town. But um, maybe can you talk about? I know like Don Slots, an advisor for On Base, and, and one of the lead instructors, right? Yeah, and. Can you talk about your experience of what he can see in a swing uh, off of like thirty seconds of video that you can't? Because I mean, I've I, that's what I was blown away with is he just kind of glances at a swing and he can knock off seven things that I would I would need thirty minutes of video review and and uh, a V one app to draw lines and circles on somebody. Well, that's just because you're slow,
1: <laughs> but um, no, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it goes down to it's the same thing with us. Like if you and I put somebody through a top tier you know, we're already able to break out in our heads. Okay. What breakouts do we need to do within the SFMA? Right. Mm -hmm. Or if I see a certain movement pattern based on what sport I'm looking at, you and I can jump to conclusions pretty quickly on what we want to assess. And it would take him forever to do that. So from the coaching perspective, like I just need to know, okay, are they, you know, is, is it a, is it a barrel? Are they swaying? You know, are there certain things that are happening Um, And if it is, then I'm going to talk to my coaches. I'm going to be like, Hey, are you seeing this? Mm -hmm. And Don is like one of the best, obviously being a good coach, but that's why I surround myself with the best in my community. Like if I was open, let's say I'm opening another practice right now. For those that are listening, that have a practice. The number one thing I would do is I'm going to find out what am I really good at? What are my passions? I'm going to literally write down, I'm going to go through Google maps. I'm going to type in exactly who I wanna work with, I'm gonna call every single one of those people. I'm gonna go by their business, I'm gonna go knock on the door, I'm gonna introduce myself. I'm gonna hand a card and ask them how I can help them, not what they can do for me. Then number three is I'm gonna host a night on each one of those things that I love. I'm gonna host a night on baseball, I'm gonna host a night on softball, I'm gonna host a night on tennis, I'm gonna host a night on golf. Why? Because those are four things that I'm really good at that I love to do that that's what I wanna see. I don't wanna see like elderly people that are broken. I don't want to see young kids um, who have like, uh, you know, learning disabilities. Friends of mine love that. I want to refer that to them. Like, so I'm going to go obviously build that tribe within my community. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to the coaches and i like, Hey, who are the best coaches? I'm going to get them together. I'm going to ask them their opinion. I'm going to ask them to be advisory board members to my, to my practice. And then from yeah, there, so- if I ever do have a question, same thing.
0: I'm asking like, Hey, what do you think? Yeah. I think that's so huge. Like putting together that advisory board, like who are the people that, you know, you can get on your side of the fence. And once you do, there's really no competition in town, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy when you do that. If you get the top three coaches, I mean, I'm in a city of let's say 2 million. And I bet if I had the top three baseball coaches, uh, you know, in, in my area uh, on, on my team, my extended team or on my advisory board, how can anybody compete with that? I mean, like, you know, if I just say, hey, this program is not something I designed. It's something that, you know, I brought to these three guys and they said, yeah, that's, you need to change this and that and this, but otherwise it's a good program. So they have a piece of it too. And they have that belief in it and ownership that they helped establish. I think if you're a young chiro out there listening, man, what are who are the people that if they were behind you, you could not lose in your city? Like, is there an orthopedic surgeon who just is the, the, you know, if you were down in Birmingham, Alabama, you got to get Jim Andrews on your team. Like, you, because if he says it sucks, you suck. You know, you're never yeah. going to fight that way. But if he says you're good, then you probably get 30 PTs that believe in your stuff right away because uh, Dr. Andrews said it. You know, if you're working in the world of golf and you can get Greg Rose to say your stuff's awesome, that's it. It's awesome. You know, or, or Butch Harmon or Cameron, uh, uh, what's Spice's coach's name? Cameron... Oh, I can't remember Cameron's uh, last name, but you know, if he says you're good and uh, you're good, like, that's yeah. it is. but then they can also show stupid. you the way like, Hey, you're missing this huge part here, which is one thing I think like a guy like Don would, would share with me is, Hey, these are, this is all great, but you're missing this huge component here that you may not have considered because you don't, you don't know the game as well as I do.
1: Yeah. And I think the other part too, is like, don't, if you're a young car or you're a person in practice listening to this, don't go try to live off affirmation from other professionals though. Like the best thing is get better results in your practice. Like don't get me wrong. The networking is humongous. And if you can get that, that's great. But you're going to have a lot of people that don't believe in what you do because they don't know what you do. And so no matter what, I think when you're in practice, you have to have a system of results. You have to have a system that you can go to every single time that says whether and you have objective findings, not just subjective, but objective findings that show improvement. That's what makes parent like patients talk and video works. I'm telling you right now, if you're not videoing your patients pre and post, like you're leaving a lot on the table because I'm telling you in today's visual world, especially in quarantine, if you had video testimonials right now in practice, or you had patients that you had videos of that you did they could be posting that you could be like mentoring them through this time and doing pre and post video with that. And so it's becoming more and more of a thing. I understand HIPAA, but if you can get them to sign a release and they're okay with sharing, I mean, dude, pictures used to say a million words. Video says a billion
0: words. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So Sean, uh, as we're getting, we're kind of going long here, but uh, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. What's uh, what's off in the future. You think, As far as private practice and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think the biggest future of private practices is multi-doctor practices.
0: I think number one, um, specialization practices where multiple doctors maybe of different disciplines, but it could be different disciplines or, or
1: or same passion. They just want to drive. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I would not want to be in an Island by myself in practice anymore. Um, there's too much that I want to do in life. I want to have a family. I want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if like you and I were in practice together and you want to take a week off with your family, I've got the practice covered. You know what I mean? I can cover your patients like in the other, and vice versa Cost like cost is going up right now. You know, students are coming out with student loans that are, that are higher than I've ever seen before. I've got, you know, one kid that's over $400,000 in debt already. And he's just coming out of chiropractic college. Like, think about that. So keeping costs down is a number yeah. th- another thing. Right. And then, you know, I think the future of um, practice is it's going to be community driven. Like people always say like, Oh, get involved in the chamber, do this. But no, you really have to, you got to be community involved. You can't just, tr- you can't just sit and wait on, you know, leads and wait on this like yeah. drop click marketing. Like that's great. Don't get me wrong. That's going to drive people in, but you are still you like personal contact is so important. Mm-hmm. Giving back is important. Mm-hmm. Like you can think that I'm a philosophical weirdo. I went to life, but I love their give to love to serve to do. Those four things, if you give and you love and you serve and do, like you will be successful.
0: You know, to your point, um, and I try and disagree with you as often as I can, but I'll support you this one time. There's a there's a software out there called ClickFunnels. I'm sure you've heard of it. Like yeah. yeah. And the the um uh founder of it says His number one thing, his number one approach to business is to, when he has a new product or a new offering he wants, is he writes out what he calls his dream 100. And it's the 100 people that he would want to fall in love with this program, to talk about it, do podcasts about it, to do interviews about it, to use it, support it, you know, have it at their conference. And it goes back to, here's a guy that has an unlimited knowledge of how to build online stuff, an unlimited knowledge of how to buy ads on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. And he's still coming back to the first step in all of marketing is to drop those 100 people that, you know, can be your biggest fans. And if you get them, all that other stuff works, but man, if that, if you don't get that group of people, uh, m- there's a real good chance that nothing will work. You could throw, I mean, look at uh, what's his name? Uh, your boy. Bloomberg. Yeah. Mike Bloomberg, your homie. Oh you know, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Sean worked for the RNC for a while. So I'd like to do wow, that. that on the
1: podcast. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, but there was a guy that, that had unlimited amount of money, right. Yep. threw money around like it was free and still could not gain any traction. It wasn't like he was, it, it was, he wasn't even close to the lead. Whereas, um, you know, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden had really gone out and shook hands and talked to people and went to communities and whatnot. And even if you disagree with your, their politics, uh, you, there's no way to overcome the need to meet with people and talk with people, you know? And their approach was much like what you're saying about what can I do for you yeah. um, rather than, you know, wh- than telling them, hey, here's my business card, you should vote for me, right? Now, yeah. whether they were genuine about that, I don't know. But I'm just saying like, when you go around a community and shake hands and go to all the events, it, people want to connect with people no matter what the business is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that goes down to in that, in that scenario as well as that, you know, you look at Joe and, and, you know, Sanders, they've been around for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So they've had a lot of that personal contact for you that are just getting ready to join practice. You're not going to have that history, right? And those of you that are in practice and have been in practice for a long time, maybe you've lost touch of that, right? Yeah. So your name is known in the community, but maybe you haven't been involved in a while. Maybe you dropped out of Rotary or Interact or maybe or Rotary or, you know, Lions Club or Kiwanas and maybe you've mm-hmm. dropped out of the Masonic Lodge or maybe you've dropped because of family life, the season yeah. life change, right? Life and goes through all, seasons, man. Yeah. When we're opening a practice for the first time, we're excited. We got the energy. We're going to get involved in everything. Yeah. Then you meet a, a girl or a guy and you fall in love. And like all of a sudden it's like, well now we have a kid or we have a dog and like you want to change that. So I think time management is important with, with a practice as well. Like, you know, me, hi, I'm Sean. I'm a workaholic. It's who I am. I love it. Like, this is, this is my lifestyle. Like people are like, Oh man, you work every day. I'm like, dude, I live every day. You work nine to five Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Thursday. So you have a weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, if you're a young chiro or you're a chiro in practice, is this would be the encouragement. Is there any certifications out there that you can go take that would bring a passion back to you or drive a new passion would be number one and go do it. Just say, you know what? I'm going to put $2,000 towards continuing education this year. Like everyone needs to invest in themselves. I don't care who you are and what you do. Number two, is there an organization or an opportunity that you can give back to your community that will either a drive the passion you have or give you a new passion. Notice how everything has to drive a passion or bring a new one out in you. And if there is say yes and get involved. And number three, you need, we need to take better care of ourselves as doctors. A lot of us, I mean, the biggest thing that I see when patients and um, not patients, but clients come to TPI racket fit or on base is they're like, holy crap, I didn't know my body was as bad as it is. And if we're movement professionals and we're truly neurological healthcare professionals, then we had better be moving right, thinking right, eating right, being right. And if we're not, are we putting the right tribe around us to make sure they hold us accountable to be the best that we can be?
0: Yeah. If anybody's listening, been to a TPI, an on-base, a racket fit, SFMA, FMS seminar, you know that the PowerPoint presentation is full of wild dysfunction. And 90% of that comes from the, cl- the people in the classes that we've taught. You know, we film somebody that's really bad and go, oh, here's Sean Drake that we saw, you know, we met him up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and look at this. He has no, uh, pronation of his right forearm. And it's like, Whoa. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And this dude's a physical therapist practicing every day or we you know doing side posture adjusting on, on patients as a chiropractor or, and he loves tennis. And you're like, it should, it should, be impossible for him to play tennis. It's like, yeah, he gets through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. So,
1: I mean, those are, those are big things. And I think the other thing too, Josh is, you know, Writing down what you want. Like, I think so many chiropractors don't have their five year plan done. Five, and, five year? <laughs> or five one day, year, five right? they didn't have Five days. I mean, yeah. I think, dude, this is what this, this, this yeah. situation is showing people. Like, yeah. people were not prepared. Like, just yeah. to give you an idea, man, I've had calls from people that have had to lay off like three and four PTs all their associates in Cairo Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because they physically didn't have the funds to cover an emergency situation. Yeah. Like this is a scary time. And I think that, you know, this will be a wake up call. And when all this quarantine's over, like the world needs chiropractors, people are stressed out. They're not moving. Like we're going to be needed more than ever. So I hope that people take this time to really learn something to get better at their craft. We go over what they do, why they do it. And come back to practice with an excitement and and a, and a drive to want to change this world.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I think when you're saying like what continued, like what is something that, so my wife right now is just, just discovering DNS and she's like, went to a seminar last weekend and just absolutely got smoked um, in it, but she's super interested in it. And she would do, at this point in her life, she would do, she would work with patients on that every day, 12 hours a day. And never worry about getting paid, you yeah. know? And there's somebody out there. I've talked to some folks that are so into baseball, or, or uh, I can't remember his name, Rob, our friend from uh, Kansas City that's into racquetball, I mean sorry, uh, tennis, and took the racket fit, and he, you know, he'd work with tennis players uh, till his hands bled. like he just loves that, you know, and I think that that's so, so important. Your buddy Ryan up that is a baseball player up in Spokane, right? Like he'd work yeah. with baseball all day, every day. And, and uh, you're right. That is so great because you, you are able to help those people so much more when they come into your practice. So yeah, what's, you know, it's exciting to me all the opportunity that's out there and I'm excited about the ability to provide more assessments. That's what really gets my motor going right now is like what we did with team USA softball is that stuff is going to become more and more exciting. And you look at how many kids I don't know, 20 years ago were fit for custom clubs before they graduated high school in in golf. And now, I don't know, at least at our local high school, which is pretty, you know, richy-rich area, but I don't think there's a kid playing on the high school golf team that has not been custom fit for clubs. Yeah. You know, and you look at the the rackets and in tennis, and you look at, uh, you know, I'm sure when you started running track when you were in high school, it was like you used the same shoes you walked around school in, right?
1: No, but I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for dropping no, on my point.
1: No, I'm with you, though. Yeah. The, the bats and everything, right? It's, it's yeah. behind. And, and technology's yeah. changing, which means the sport's changing, which means we have to evolve.
0: Yeah. I think that's a huge opportunity. And certainly one I want to pursue is looking at the evaluation side and looking how that, that meeting of what they call sports science with the hands on chiropractic. Um, that's where I think the sweet spot is right now.
1: Yeah. And I think if you know, you're a Cairo out there listening or a physio or any, it doesn't matter what you are. If, if you want to learn more about this, I mean, Josh and I are definitely available to talk about it. You know, keep your eyes open. We're going to be launching something pretty cool together. Um, it's coming out hopefully in the next month or two, but you know, we want to see you be successful in this realm. And if it's not, if, whatever your passion is, I want to see you happy. And like, I see too many Kairos that are stressed out paycheck to paycheck you know, not knowing what they're going to do,
0: not knowing why they're doing it. And yeah, maybe 10% of their patients are the ones they actually want. Yeah. So it's not just paycheck to paycheck. It's that their batteries are empty too, you know? Yeah.
1: So, you know, let's all take this time to rest. Let's take this time to reevaluate who we are and what we are and why we're doing it. And, and let's kick ass in 2020 and beyond, man.
0: Yeah. 2021 is going to be the year, baby. So we to be fully recharged and and uh or dead yeah but they'll hopefully they're using this time to get in some long walks and listen some classical music while they do it you know all right sean well i think we covered about every subject that's needed to save the world so i think we're in good shape
1: <laughs>
0: yeah so sean if people want to reach out to you about on base uh racket fit uh or or they want to do some evaluations of local athletes um how can they find you
1: yeah. So you can uh, Instagram, Dr. Sean Drake, uh, Facebook, Sean Drake or Dr. Sean Drake.
0: Uh, and it's, the, it's Sean spelled S E A N. And the last name is Drake, just like it sounds.
1: Yep. D R A K E. And then uh, if you want to reach out to me um, on my TPI email, it's Sean S E A N dot Drake at my com. That's Sean, dot, Drake at onbaseu.com and Sean, dot, Drake at uh, rackfit.com. So, and the cool thing is we've got, um, we're reprocessing all the chiropractic credits again. So TPI should be back on with the chiro credits here soon. Um, online's live with our baseball and tennis. Um, so if you're home right now and you want to take some online courses, you can go do that as well. But yeah, man.
0: Yeah. They can knock that out and then, uh, participate in a live course once travel is not restricted anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. All right. Well, uh, on behalf of Dr. Sean Drake, this is Dr. Josh Satterly saying follow Sean's advice. Go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, brother. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information, just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. That's clinicgymhybrid.com and check us out there.